Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where I help passionate entrepreneurs condense an hour of business research into 22 minutes of powerful conversations filled with knowledge, stories, and advice to help you achieve your one-year goal in 90 days. From national stages to your earbuds, I'm here to tell you that it's possible to have a profitable and sustainable business without the fear of overwhelm and uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur. It's all mojo and none of the fluff. It's time to get motivated in 22 minutes. Welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. This is our brand performance podcast. And today our performance conversation is with Jeff Harry. Jeff Harry is with Rediscover Your Play. He's one of the top 100 HR influencers in 2020. And he's been recognized by engaging people through play, just having a huge impact. I know you guys are going to really ignite with this conversation. Jeff is just a superstar. I've had a lot of fun getting to know who he is. So we don't want to waste anybody's time. Jeff, thank you for being on today's episode. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. For people that there's multiple platforms here. So we, we have visual, and we have audio, but Jeff is wearing this really fun little tie. He's got a reason why he wears it. So Jeff, I'm going to let you kind of share as we're starting out this episode. You're showing up to this interview. Paint the visual for people so they can see what you look like. Right. So I'm wearing a Lego bow tie and I got it from my old organization I used to work with where we taught kids engineering with Lego. But the reason why I wear it is it reminds me to not take stuff so seriously and not take myself so seriously. And I first started wearing it at conferences because I realized that everyone was pretending all the time. Everyone had their costume on, right? Their suit on or whatever. And I was just like, well, let me just wear this tie. I had such a better time when I wore the tie because it gave permission for all these other people when they would see it to be like, oh, I can just be myself around this guy. Like, uh, this guy's not going to judge me. He has a Lego bow tie on. And I had such better conversations with people and such nerdier conversations where people would tell me all about like why they love Lego or why they love bow ties or whatever they, or let me tell you about why I love Game of Thrones or Star Wars. (laughs) But they were just so much more themselves And that is the atmosphere I always want to create. I want to create a playground where people can actually be more of themselves. Yeah, so we want to dig in. You know, you share that you've learned some lessons by flipping tables and causing mischief in the corporate Mm -hmm. world by people helping them find what the meaning is of true play. So like, how did you get engaged? Because we always want to hear the backstory, Jeff. So I'll tell you the short version because we only got 22 minutes. (laughs) So the short version is I saw the movie Big, when I was a kid with Tom Hanks. And in that movie, Tom Hanks plays with toys for a living. So I started writing toy companies in fifth grade. I was spamming before spam was a thing because I would send multiple letters at a time. And then eventually that led to them responding to me and me going into mechanical engineering and eventually into the toy industry in New York. And when I got there, you know when you get to something and you think it's gonna be amazing, And then you hate it and you're like, no, like what happened? Because I felt like there was supposed to be play there. People would be high-fiving all the time. Kids would be running around, toys to play with all the time. None of that. I'm in a cubicle. Many people hate their jobs. And I felt like they were selling like microwaves. It didn't really matter what they were selling. So I remember leaving New York, coming to the Bay Area, finding an organization that was teaching kids engineering with Lego. There were only seven people at the time. And I helped grow it into a a staff of 400 people where 
where we became the largest Lego STEM educational company like in the US. And we did it all by playing and just making stuff up as we went along. We, get, like, we had no idea what we were doing. So, but we would just pick cities that we thought were fun. We'd pick people they were fun. You know, we were just following our play and our curiosity. And then we got the attention of Silicon Valley because we were teaching so many of those kids. And some companies like the Facebooks and Visa and Googles would ask us like, hey, do you do team building events? And we'd be like, of course we do, even though we didn't. We didn't know what we were doing. Did I remind you? you know? and, and they would say yes. And then we would run these team building events. And then I realized a lot of times they would want creativity, collaboration, connection, all these C words but they weren't willing to address the deeper problems with the organization. It wasn't a playful atmosphere. It wasn't an atmosphere where they could take risks. They wanted people to think outside the box, but the box was so big and so like, you know, solid that you couldn't break out of it. So I created Rediscover Your Play as a way of tackling major issues in the workplace, like toxicity in the workplace, office politics, like the meeting before the meeting and the meeting after the meeting. How do you create an inclusive workplace where everyone feels treated fairly, right? An anti-racist workplace. How do you deal with your inner critic? So I'm, I was all, how do you get people in a state of flow so they can do their best work? So I was all about diving into those issues because I felt like if you could address those major pain points in a playful manner, you'd have, I'd be able to have a bigger impact. With Okay, so you come excited, right? You understand the value of play. But what are the people, like when they go to a conference like that and their company is saying, okay, we're going to play today. What's their mindset coming into this? Do you find a level of resistance, Jeff? Or oh, are usually, okay, so let's talk about that. It's always a spectrum, right? You have the play people that are so excited because they, hate their job. And then you have other people that are like, no, I should be doing work right now. So a lot of times companies hate the word play, right? But they love the word flow. They just Uh love it. They just love it. And I consider play and flow to be literally synonymous with each other. I define play as any joyful act where you are fully present in the moment, where you let go of time, where you let go of results. There isn't a purpose per se, right? Where you don't have any anxiety about the future. You don't have any regrets about the past. You're just fully in your zone of genius. And that is what a lot of companies want their staff to be in many of the times. How do you get people in a state of flow? And if you can create the environment where people do that, then they do their best work. And when they do their best work and they're in a state of flow, they're less likely to leave your company as well. Mm. So when you're talking about that and you talk about it in the framework of pain points, like let's deal with toxicity. Let's deal with what's getting in the way of your creativity. Let's deal with why your, your staff is not taking risks. Let's deal with why there's so much gossip outside of the meeting. But when people get in the meeting, no one says anything. Let's explore that, you know, and then let's tackle it in a playful way. And by playful, I mean in a way where I create an environment where people can fail and take risks in this playground so that they're more willing to take risks when they leave that workshop. I mean, people are listening to this and they're, they're understanding the value. Times today, everybody's so serious, mm-hmm. right? There's just a lot of seriousness going on in the world. How do you get somebody engaged? Like they've got a difficult employee and they're relating to this. And like, if I could just get them to lighten up and play a little bit, is there a step or a technique 
Yeah, well, we do a lot of like play exercises to get people out of their head, right? Yeah, like an example right. of one I do, and I even do this sometimes on Zoom, is to start the day, we are like, all right, listen, you know, you're only going to be here for an hour. Let's say in this hour, you could either just resist the whole time, or you could explore this and potentially learn something about yourself. But the powerful thing about play is play, free play, the way in which it really should be done, like recess, is you have the, you have the choice of to play or not play. Right. You know? Like you never really are, you never really want to force anyone to play because if they're not in that state of mind, yeah. then they can't. And my play mentor, Gwen Gordon, says this a lot, where you, you can't play until you learn how to soothe yourself, how, you, how to calm yourself down. And a lot of times people don't know, they learn how to soothe themselves from the person that took care of them the most, right? So you actually need to calm yourself. And if you think of when you have your best ideas, it's when you're taking a shower, it's when you're on a walk, there's like, there's a thing you do to calm yourself. So mm -hmm. we do a lot of exercises that are either soothing exercises or calming exercises or just exercises to get you out of your head. So an example of one is we tell people, hey, all right, you have one minute, you, you have a pen and paper, and you pair up, and your job is to draw the other person's face. You have only one minute, go. And people are like, oh my gosh, oh, so much anxiety, and they're like judging it. And then at the end of it, I'm like, okay, show it to each other. They're like, no, I don't want to show it, right? You know, and then I go, guess what? You get to do it again. But this time, close your eyes. And then- and then, and then they, and then after we do that, and then show it to the person, and then they all laugh because they see how absurd it is. And I go, which one was harder? Which one was it where you judged yourself less? Do you feel how you judge yourself less the second time? That's how I want us to show up for the rest of this workshop. Yeah. Are you open to doing that? And that's how we like do it. Like just getting people out of like of, their head yeah, yeah. because adults are so fixated on results. And like, I, I put this out a lot, right? And this is why play is so important, especially during 2020 is like how many people had a vision of what their 2020 was going to be? How, yeah. How's that working out for you? The reason I ask that is like, have you been able to let go of what you thought 2020 could be? Because what adults do so well is we get so fixated on results, right? That, and expectations are such the thief of joy that when you get so fixated, then you're not able to let it go. And even in one of the workshops to do with my colleague, Lauren Yee, called Your Future is Where Your Fun Is, we have an exercise where people write down what they thought they were going to do in 2020. Oh, I was going to get married. Oh, I was going to travel the world. Oh, I was going to speak everywhere. This was going to be my year for my business, whatever it is, right? We have them write it all down, and then we have them fold it up into a paper airplane and let that stuff go. Wow. Because they, in order for them to create something amazing with the last now almost two months left of 2020, you gotta let go of what 2020 isn't going to be. I'm not saying let go of it forever, but you gotta let go of it for now. Right. And that's the amazing thing that kids can do is they don't, they're not fixated on the results. They're just enjoying the moment. And the more we're able to focus on the process, especially in our work, and enjoy that process, the results then take care of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So they're lightening up. This is a huge asset. Anybody that's in the human resource realm, we need this kind of thing. How do you recommend people learn more about getting started in this space? One of the ones that I share in my Dealing with Toxicity at Work workshop that I run with my colleague Gary Ware is 
how's your turnover? It, Sherm just did a study back in October of 2019 where they found that $223 billion, billion with a B, has been lost in just Fortune 500 companies alone in the last five years due to toxicity at work, due to a toxic person at work, right? And that's only the companies that are willing to admit it. So how's that from that standpoint? How do we reduce turnover? How do we address that toxic person, right? That's one of the talking points that we speak about. Other things regarding turnover. If you're able to figure out how to get your staff more in a state of flow, what I mean by that is doing the work, their red thread work, as Marcus Buckingham refers to it, you know, the, the strength thought leader or Gay Hendricks, the psychologist talks to as, as their zone of genius. If you're able to help them get into more of a state of flow with just increasing 5% of the amount of that type of work they do, it has a ripple effect on all of the productivity that they produce. And then in addition to that, again, it reduces turnover, right? And then also if we're talking about connection, especially in this virtual environment, how are we building relationships and strengthening our relationships with our staff? How are we making meetings that are actually helpful and not wasting their time? If we can figure out a way to address the office politics BS and make meetings energized so that the goal of the meeting is for them to leave motivated instead of the goal of the meeting is to just go through the checklist and be like, all right, see you later. Then you're gonna have less staff looking for jobs while they're on your meeting. You're gonna have more staff actually engaged in the meeting and speaking up at the meeting and being and exploring. If we're talking about dealing with your inner critic, another workshop I run, how do we get out of our way and be more creative, especially when we have to be so much more resilient because the regular ways of marketing or advertising or sales doesn't work in this post COVID environment, right? Like we have to also embrace that inner childlike spirit and be open to creativity and actually be taking more risks right now, not recoiling, not sharing and not, you know, thinking about connecting with our staff. So those would be just some of the talking points that I would explore with someone. Absolutely. Okay. So now in October, you held a very large virtual summit and the topic of that workshop was called How Not to Be Racist at Work, Start Talking. So I didn't hold it. I was part of it. So it was through Bamboo HR, which has been running virtual. And this is a perfect example. Bamboo HR has been running HR virtual summits for five years. So they were ready to go for COVID because yeah. they, had been, they had been experimenting with this for a while. So this year, I wanted to explore this uh, with my friend Tashawn Jones about well, how do you create an anti-racist workplace? And the reason why we called it how to not be racist at work by accident was mo we know most people aren't trying to be. Most right. people don't even know that they are. Yeah. So it, it's, not, it's not coming from a place of judgment, right. right? It's coming from a place of like, oh, how do we do this? And in the workshop that we presented, we actually put people in our experience, like, you know, we walked people through, we played out a role-playing scenario. Mine was, <laughs> like, I remember clearly what was happening in this. I was part of Toys R Us International, and they were analyzing stores in Spain, Japan, Canada, and the U.S. And they didn't understand why customer engagement was different at each of these places. And I remember bringing up, like, well, 
Their cultures are drastically different. In Spain, of course, they want you to approach them more. In Japan, they may not as much. You know, in Canada and the US, maybe it's similar. And I remember bringing this up to, I think, like a guy named Chad. And Chad was like, yeah, no, that's not true. Anyway, like I was saying, you know, and I just got dismissed. So then I described in the workshop how I felt and how like being a person of color, you know, being someone that is from Filipino and Caribbean descent, I have something to share that I think would actually help out the bottom line of the organization. And every time you dismiss me, especially when it's a cultural suggestion, what you're saying to me is that not only do you not care what I have to say, but you really don't care about diversity at this organization. So every time that happens, I'm more likely to start looking for another job. So I want to put people in that experience so they feel what that's like. So then I'm like, oh, is that really how you feel? I never thought about that. You know, in our Dealing with Toxicity at Work workshop, Gary and I talk about how sometimes you have to confront that toxic person and be like, hey, you know, when you were in that meeting with Samantha and you cut Samantha off, she was less likely to share for the rest of the meeting. And you also communicated to everyone else at the meeting. You didn't really want to hear what they had to say either. Was that your intent? Oh, it wasn't your intent? Because a lot of toxic people don't realize that they're being toxic. So that's how we play there, is we play with the scenarios and explore how people feel in that situation and then how to solve it. Well, yeah, you're bringing the awareness, right? You're bringing it straight out front and, and you're having the conversation. And I think more than anything, that's what this is igniting. Really good uh -huh. conversation, but doing it in a way that's you know, not that tense. We got to do it by protocol, HR kind of way. You're just saying, you know what? Everything's open. Let's go. And that just warms people up to having those conversations that can be quite difficult. Right. And what's interesting is my friend Humaira and I, and a lot of times the way in which we brainstorm workshops is we play with them, right? So my friend Humaira and I just applied to South by Southwest and we made a workshop called Dudes Do Better, um, uh, taking your company from neutral to flourishing. And it's about calling out startup founders that claim that they're changing the world, but, <laughs> but their results don't match that. Their, their outcomes don't match their intent. And we just are calling them out on it and being like, you can do better than this. And here are many ways in which to do it because we are, again, about flipping the table and being like, stop glorifying yourself and saying you're changing the world right. you know, with Tom's shoes or with Facebook when many times you're, you're creating division or, you're, or Tom's shoes, when they were giving away free shoes, they were destroying the shoe economy in Nigeria and other, other countries. So it's like, let's explore that in, deeper, in a deeper level and really have you go through our BS meter to see if your company really is having an impact or not. And then from there, let's actually come up with real solutions. So I'm all about that challenge and exploring that in a playful way. Yeah. No, Jeff, this is just absolutely amazing. So we're coming into the close. Where can mm -hmm. we find you? Where, where can we engage and connect? Um, so you can find me at rediscoveryourplay.com or you can find me at the handle, the social media handle, Jeff Harry Plays, J-E-F-F-H-A-R-R-Y-P-L-A-Y-S. And I'm on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, Medium, all at that handle. And people okay. can just come to my website and they want to have like a call to figure out how they can play more through their HR organization. I'm happy to talk. I bet your TikTok channel is the bomb. 
That's, I'm just going to say that. I can't imagine what kind of stuff that you're putting out there in TikTok. This has been so engaging. So to learn more about Jeff, you can also visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can add Jeff to your circle of influence and learn what he can do as far as his resources into enhancing and putting your company into the flow. Jeff, again, thank you for joining us in this episode today. I appreciate this so much. Thank you. We invite you to share this podcast with others and thank you in advance for your partnership. If you enjoyed the episode and it left you feeling inspired, share your biggest takeaway on our Performing Get Paid community Facebook page. This is where we will engage and respond to your questions. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach passionate entrepreneurs like you to achieve complete confidence and clarity to reach your one-year goal in 90 days. Learn how you can get more done in less time with my number one proven formula for consistency and clarity. Simply go to go.marlohiggins.com to download. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo.